0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pop Culture University, where we talk about what is going on in pop culture and see what we can learn from it. I'm your host, Patty Eminger. You may know me as Patty Pop Culture from TikTok. If it is your first time here, thank you so much for coming. You are so welcome. Anywhere in the classroom, you want to take a seat, please do so. If it is not your first time here, thank you so much for coming back. I love you. I stand you. I'm in your fandom. You guys, happy Thanksgiving. Oh my God, I hope you had the best, most fun, turkey lurky time with your families. There wasn't too much of politically charged, angry food fights or too deep of personal questions that you didn't feel like answering in front of everyone that happened tonight. I just want to take a moment and say how thankful I am for all of you, truly not even on some cheesy shit. I'm just so thankful for the fact that I get to sit in this room and talk about what I love twice a week with... Thousands of you guys who love the same thing and are just like me, because of course, we spent today with our families, but it's a real privilege and joy in this life to be able to find a lot of people outside of your family that you share so much in common with and are really your tribe. And I just feel so lucky to have so many people who I can relate to, confide in, and just feel so close and connected to, even over a podcast. When we DM, we become friends. I feel like I've really found a lot of special people. So thank you so much. I love all of you. And you guys will always have a friend in me, Mr. Professor Patty. But enough with all that soft shit. Let's get into the dirty, scandalous crazy shit we're gonna get into today because besties it is messy and I really like this episode because we're talking about a lot of people that we don't normally talk about on here so we're spreading our horizons we are opening the floodgates of who we can talk about and I hope you guys like it so we're gonna do a little deep dive into Shawn Mendez's new love life and how he's dating a 50 year old we're gonna talk about Camila Cabello's new love like Cher and her 40 year age different relationship Tom Holland and Zendaya I feel like we never talk about them we're gonna talk about Chris Brown Blech. ...and why people are suddenly wanting to forgive him. But I'm going to remind you guys why we shouldn't. (laughs) And then we're going to talk about two of the most famous reality stars ever... ...Todd and Julie Chrisley going to prison for an extremely long time. And you'll find out why. We're going to do a little update on the Colorado Club Q shooting... ...and so many insane details about the shooter's life and his father... ...and the crazy, absolutely sociopathic, insane thing his father had to say... ...about his son committing a mass shooting... And then lastly, we're going to say, I think the most disgusting thing Kanye West has I've ever talked about about him on here. And I've talked a lot of shit about Kanye, but he's really done the most disgusting thing this time. But before we get into it, as you know, if you haven't rated this podcast, five star Apple podcast, Spotify helps me out so much. Leave a cute little review, screenshot, self-listening to it. Post it to your Instagram story and tag me at Petty Pop Culture. I always hit everyone up who puts me on their story. If not, I may not see your DM because it gets lost. So just hit me up real quick. And yeah, you guys, let's feast on the tea and have a Thanksgiving tea time dinner with each other. So, Sean Mendez, you know, we never know what's going to come next with him in the journey of his love life, his sexuality. A lot of people think they know where he's going to go next with this, if you know what I'm saying, with the things on his For You page that he won't tell us. But I did not see this turn coming in Mr. Softboy Sean Mendez's life. And that is. The fact that the 24-year-old singer, Sean, is now dating a 50-year-old chiropractor named Dr. Jocelyn Miranda. Yeah, this is real fucking life. He's dating a 50-year-old woman. Sean hasn't come out and been like, yeah, we're dating. (laughs) But it's very obvious that they're dating. It's being reported everywhere. It's not really surprising because this chiropractor has worked with Sean before in the past on one of his tours during his 2018-2019 tour. And then during the AMAs and VMAs when he performed with Camila in 2019, Senorita, she was working with him back then, helping him choreograph and also be his chiropractor. So he was out there calling Camila Senorita, but he wanted to be calling someone backstage, Abuelita, if you know what I'm saying. He wants his chiropractor to not only break his bones, but also break him off proper. Maybe maybe touch another bone on his body, if you know what I'm saying. This isn't just any average run-of-the-mill chiropractor, though. He's not just picking a woman up from the physical therapist office. She is the chiropractor to the stars. She's worked with Justin Bieber, Justin Timberlake, Hailey Bieber, Kendall Jenner, and many others. So she runs in these circles, bitches. She'd be cracking some real famous backs. The lives of celebrities are in her hands when she snaps their neck really quick. I've never been to a chiropractor. That shit really intimidates me. But at the same time, I think I would love it. I'd feel like I would feel if I was about to go skydiving, though, right before they crack my neck. That is how much adrenaline rush would be going through my body. Because what if they crack it wrong and suddenly it's just all black? And I never think again. Anyway, so yeah, Jocelyn and Sean are dating. They've been seen around holding hands, going out, having his arm around her. She posted a photo of him on her Instagram with, by the way, it was a shirtless photo of him. And it had the caption, I'm so proud. Like, girl, you don't just post that unless you're dating someone. That's not very professional of her if he's just one of her clients. Absolutely not. Now, was this surprising to me? A little bit, but really, no. Sean Mendez likes pretending like he's this sophisticated aged man he reminds me of someone who is like really excited to be in their 40s and 50s and almost starts like acting like it do you know those people the people who feel like they just want to age themselves so fast and act like they're so calm and settled down and mature he just gives me those vibes even down to his style his style to me like he always wears the more vintage looking tuxedos and open chested button ups with the chest hair out. Reminds me of like 70s. And then when he's dressed down, it's like loose, zen, hippie vibes with slides on and big sweatpants and just loose hippie clothes. So it wouldn't surprise me if he wants someone who he feels like was from the 70s, because he's clearly very inspired by the 70s. You know what I mean, though? Sean doesn't act like other 20-year-old singers would. Definitely, Justin Bieber wasn't doing what he was doing when he was 24. Sean likes to wake up, drink his nice tea, and dab the tea bag in there real softly with a cube of sugar, and then journal on in his sunroom with the sunlight hitting his journal and manifest, and then take a nice ride to the beach, get the early bird special at the cafe, and then go surfing. He just gives me someone's vibe like he's never had a let loose period he likes to act like he's so mature and with it i wish he would embrace being more young and wild i wish he had more of a loose phase a banger's era if you will so good for him i feel like she really fits into his life and if that's what makes him happy she sounds perfect for him now are you guys thinking is camila jealous in their song bomb bomb what does she say i see love here i see yeah that's just life baby he could be out casually dating, but I don't think she ever thought he'd be out casually dating a 50-year-old. But to be honest, he, she's not jealous. She's not. Do you know why Camila Cabello is not jealous of Sean? Because she is dating a hot man. He is gorgeous. Sean is more put together and looks more like the cover of a magazine GQ boy, but The guy that she's dating, Austin Kevich, they've been seeing each other since the summer. He's the CEO of Lock's Club. He's 30 years old. He's giving more, like, rugged, bad boy... It's giving, like, Noah Centineo vibes, if Noah Centineo wasn't dumb as fuck. I'm sorry to all the Noah Centineo fans. I think he's really sweet. He did a good job in those movies, but anytime I hear that man talk, I'm just like, uh... Like, he's so hot, but he may as well just be used to... For women to get with. I don't know. He's very himbo, Noah Centennial, But anyway, her new man, Austin, just looks like him. And I think that's fun. I feel like Camila's more spunky than Sean. She's a little more spontaneous. She has that wild side, that fiery side. She's gonna go good with this Austin boy. They really look like they're getting it on. There's cute photos of them holding hands, cuddling up to each other. It's crazy just seeing them both move on. It's a really appropriate step for Camila, a really surprising step for sean some may argue Camila is not jealous at all because their relationship was just a pr stunt the whole time you know sean girl as wendy williams said are they really still trying to make us believe that he likes her <laughs> wendy's always saying what everyone is thinking i miss her but truly i if i had to guess if they were actually a pr stunt I've heard people within the industry say that they were, I've heard, I've seen people on E! News say that they were a two-year PR contract to put out a few songs together, get Senorita to number one, elevate each other's careers into the masses, and it would make sense. They have that whole 2015 era together when they were just cute little friends. It seems like the perfect PR match made in heaven. So it was apparently a two-year PR contract, and then they broke up two weeks after their two-year anniversary. So it just seems very suspicious. A lot of people think that that is because Sean was gay. Now, do I think Sean is gay? I think there's no way that Sean doesn't look at a guy on Instagram and not get a little titillated or excited. I think he has a fruity side to him. He's really in touch with his feminine side. I think he's definitely on the queer spectrum. But at the same time, I I think he really likes women too. So I don't think this relationship is fake. The Camila one may have been, but I don't think this one... Okay, moving on. So, someone on the opposite side of the whole spectrum here, someone who has a very young soul and she never wants to age herself, no matter how old she gets. Share, bitch! I can't do a share impression. Share, like I can't even like do the like. I can't open my throat enough to do the share. I'm gonna stop trying. Anyway, the great and powerful share. She's 76 years old. Her boyfriend is 36 years old saying that on paper it looks really strange and Cher actually tweeted those exact words this week she said on paper this looks really strange even to me but AE that's what she calls her man AE AE says love doesn't know math maybe love does know math though and his bank account is just loving the math that this relationship is giving him but at the same time I don't think that's true because Cher and AE work in the same industry um his job is I, I wrote this down what's his job um, he's like the vice president to artists um, at Def Jam. So he helps basically like construct their albums, s- cycles, everything like that. So he's very in the music industry and they have that whole world in common. And like I said, Cher is a very young soul. This is a very young man. And Cher also said that she's in love, but she's not blinded by it. And Cher's never been one to be played by a fool. She's not going to let a young little lad walk all over her out here. She knows exactly what's going on. And a lot of these really, really old men in Hollywood, they be dating a 20-year-old. So good for her for getting someone with the same interest who's also very intelligent but has that young, spunky energy that she likes. And if his looks give her a little bit of zest for life, he sprinkles a little, little bit of salt and pepper on there. I'd say go for it. Who gives a shit? She also tweeted, um, I marched to a beat of a different drum we're grown up so they know what's going on and she said that he's kind smart hilarious and they kiss like they're teenagers oh that is so cute and that gives me hope for when my inevitably my fourth marriage doesn't work out i can be 76 and still finding someone that i can kiss like a teenager even though i never really kissed anyone when i was a teenager isn't that crazy i wouldn't even know what kissing like a teenager is like share so good for you for even knowing that What that's about Don't worry, though. I've kissed a lot of people now, so. But anyway, what can we learn from these two very different couples going on right now? I think we can learn that it's called a soulmate for a reason. You connect with someone's soul, not someone's age, not someone's this or that or something superficial. You connect with someone who feeds your soul. And if you guys have all these things in common and just live your life the same way and there's a spark and the age barrier just goes down, who gives a shit? I truly believe some people have young souls and old souls and if that's going to put them in a different dating pool, who gives a shit? So I feel like we can all learn maybe to open our restrictions for our dating to, like, I feel like Sharon and Sean seem to really know themselves and who they are and what they want. They know the kind of daily life they need with someone. And that's just really representative of when you when you know who you are and who your soul is, that's going to help you find your soulmate. And both those couples represent that. So what we can learn is to just open our dating restrictions and, and really not limit our pool of players on our roster when it comes to finding our soulmates. When it comes to soulmates, Spidey soulmates, I want to give a little cute update on Tom and Zendaya. They're like the young power couple. Isn't that so interesting to me? Because I I would never really think of Tom Holland being the power couple. Even though he's Spider-Man in this big masculine role, I still just see him as this little boy. But he's really out here getting ready to settle down with Zendaya for life. Before, if I was going to use the word Tom Holland and settle down in the same sentence, I thought it'd be like his mom telling him to settle down because he's being too rambunctious and he needs to chill out because I still think of him as a teenage boy, but no. A source close to the couple told E that they are planning on settling down mode soon and are absolutely planning for a real future together. Damn, Tom is really snagging Zendaya out of all the Six foot fine ass men out there. He's not even giving them a chance. He said, "Bitch, I'm not even gonna let you get a chance." And while I do think they would make really cute babies, Zendaya's gene pool is going to be knocked down a few inches. She's gonna have to think about that. A positive though is that they really are breaking the Spider Man curse. All the previous Spider Man, Andrew Garfield and Tony Toby McGuire, is is that who it is? They both dated the main love interest in their Spider Man movies, and it turned out terrible the media got to them their relationship broke down in the public so i honestly thought tom and zendaya were doomed and i thought it was gonna go down in flames like euphoria season two episode five flames like it was gonna be a really bad ending but no shit is going well they both seem to be very humble hardworking, like keep my head down and be calm they remind me of almost like a royal couple like tom is so he gives me so granddaughter sorry grandson <laughs> to the queen vibes and zendaya just gives me so bring being brought in as the new princess they are just the american royal couple in my opinion good for them they're doing a lot for the short men tall women community and maybe zendaya will finally have a last name If there's one man who the public will hate forever, it's the one who went against the most beloved woman in entertainment. And that's Rihanna. The other night at the American Music Awards, Chris Brown, who did not even attend the award show, so I I don't know why this award was given to him in the first place. If I was the CEO producer of an award show, I'd be like, if you do not show up, you are not getting the award. If you want me to scratch your back, you need to scratch mine. Because, bro, I... Okay, do you guys even still watch award shows? I do. I have such a passion for them. I love them so much. But I feel like the celebrity attendance at them is just going down. It takes the excitement away from it. I want someone to be performing and obviously lip-syncing and having a terrible performance and then pan to five different A-list celebrities and get their candid reaction while they're trying to fake, like they're loving it and being supportive. That's what I need in my life. But there's only like one A-lister in every award show now and it's always Taylor Swift. So anyway, Chris Brown, it didn't go. And it's probably for a good thing because he won the... Uh, best male hip hop artist, and he wasn't there. So Kelly Rowland went on stage to accept it on his behalf. And when she announced his name as the winner, the crowd booed. The crowd booed him. Breezy was booed. And if I was there, you know, I'd probably do the same thing. I think Chris Brown is still a menace to society. I would still not really accept him back. I don't know about y'all. Look, we we all know he has good I mean, good music. We could get down to look at me now. I can't really get down to that Freaky Friday song. Like, if I woke up in Chris Brown's body, I'd scream and turn myself into the authorities. That's what I would do. Then I'd knock myself out and hope I woke up as myself again. goes to Chris Brown. is not here tonight so i'm accepting this award on his behalf excuse me chill chill out but i want to tell chris thank you so much for making great r b music and i want to tell him thank you for being an incredible performer i'll take this award bring it to you i love you congratulations and congratulations to all the nominees in this category so that was kelly at the award show and she really did put the crowd in check i love kelly i think she's an amazing person and i agree a lot with um, the message that she was saying, although I can't fully get behind Kelly with the wanting to love Chris Brown again. He was also supposed to perform at the award show with Sierra and do like a Michael Jackson tribute for the 40th anniversary of Thriller. Yes, he's an amazing dancer. He is very fly and all of that. And the performance would have been great. But they canceled on him for one reason or another. And now it's Maybe because they were getting backlash for having him. The crowd just didn't seem too excited. And people online were even giving Kelly some backlash. Like, Kelly, like we won't forget that you supported him. What the hell is wrong with this? Normani even did... Um, she was just like the dancer in his music video a few months ago. And people clown the hell out of Normani talking about, oh, she's not even going to put out music. She's going to lie to her fans. And then go around and the only productive thing she's going to do is dance with Chris Brown. Like what? The- so in the midst of a little bit of backlash that Kelly was getting... I mean, I don't think Kelly deserved backlash. I think the message was fine, but she had to double down when she was uh, caught on the street by TMZ. I have to know your thoughts on people going, Chris. Is it sad to see? You know what? I believe that grace is very real, and we all need a dose of it. And before we point fingers at anybody, we should realize how grateful we are for every moment that we get for... Even even our, our own things that we have, I just think it's important to remember to be human. We are mm. humans and Yeah. Do you feel like short. he needs to he, I mean, he needs to be forgiven for like, you know, what he did? I mean You know what? We all need to for, be forgiven for anything that we could be doing, anything that we're thinking. We all come up short in some sort of way. And grace is real and, and we are humans. And everybody deserves grace, period. Have a good day, I know you too. Bye. Hmm, That video is interesting to me because what do you mean pointing the finger, Kelly? Like it wasn't anyone else who did these things. I I think I agree people deserve grace and forgiveness. I love the message. And Chris could have been forgiven for sure. It doesn't have anything to do with wanting to hold a grudge for one specific incident against Chris himself. But it wasn't just a one-time thing. It's an ongoing Thing with Chris that, yes, it's been many, many years since the first most famous incident, but he's still putting women in danger today. And I just don't think we need to welcome him back because he's a violent ass person. Again, he has a huge legion of fans, I think, that will be so excited to have his back and ride for him till the end. And a lot of people who will be willing to, but I'm not going to knock people who never want to see him again so just in case you don't know and just want to support your boy here is a list of unfortunate events a a series of unfortunate events if you will that has been chris brown's behavior so first as we know he beat and choked rihanna the night before the grammys in 2009 who's you know everyone knew about that incident It was horrible awful disgusting not only that he did it the night before the grammys and He was being so evil to her that night that she got out of the car and yelled, help, he's going to kill me. So yeah, of course, people are not going to be too thrilled about that for many, many years to come, even over a decade. But in 2012, he stole a woman's phone when she tried to take a photo of him and then broke her phone right in front of her. Then he shoved a woman to the ground in a club, making her tear her ligaments in 2013. He went to jail for a month in 2014 for not doing community service for past assaults. In 2016, he threatened to kill a woman in his house who got too close to his expensive items, and the LAPD had to show up and calm the situation down. In 2016, Karuchi Tran, who used to be seeing Chris Brown, had to get a restraining order against him because of death threats that he would send her. He was detained at his home by the LAPD in 2018 when a woman accused him of threatening her with a gun. Um, He's gone to jail two times for assaulting men. In 2021, he hit a woman so hard her weave came off, allegedly, and now he's in a $20 million lawsuit for being accused of S.A. of a woman in Paris. So yeah, it's repeated behavior and it seems really malicious and evil. in the way he just does it and doesn't care that he knows he's not supposed to be doing it. He's gotten all the the consequences before. Anything that can happen to him has. There's not much more for his public image to be ruined from as people are still booing him in 2022. So the fact that he just still does it is showing that maybe he is a menace to a portion of society so what can we learn from this i love kelly and i agree with the message about grace and forgiveness love kelly for that just not about chris yes chris is a human but supporting him as a human means supporting violence against other humans mostly women so it can't just be about the music in this case his music makes him an influence and a role model to a lot of men who are not just gonna want to sing his songs but are gonna wanna be like him and think it's okay to do things like that. So I would say don't take advantage of grace given to you by a good person like Kelly Rowland and do what you said you wouldn't again. Appreciate the grace that you get from people and understand it's a great opportunity to learn and you won't get many of those chances because you won't deserve them anymore. Even a good person like that could give up on you. And as I always say on this, the only real form of apology is change behavior and clearly the whole world is talking about it we just haven't seen it from him You know those families who just seem so picture-perfect, all put together, snobby, pretentious, and overall just seem like they're trying to make people feel less than them with how they present themselves? I know a few families like that, and Bestie, they disgust me. I can't associate with it. Anyone who seems too primmed and proper, anyone with just too big of a sprinkle of snootiness, I can't deal with in my life. I need some realness, some ratchetness. I need, and just the humbleness. You can be close to perfect, but if you're humble and don't being annoying about it, amazing. But about those people who try to make you feel like they're perfect, don't let them fool you. Those are the most fucked up families. And yes, I'm looking at you, Kennedys. But in this case, we're talking about the Chrisleys. If you did not know them, they are one of the most famous reality TV families ever. They have nine seasons of their main show and then they have many spinoffs. It's almost a copy of the Kardashian outline here. They started with this show called Chrisley Knows Best, and even the title, it's like, we get it, you think you're better than us, you have yachts, you have horses, and what about it? The whole show concept was them being this average American family, but to the extreme, to the opulence, the luxuriousness of it all. It was just to inspire a lot of envy with them. Beat Todd Chrisley. He's the patriarch of perfection. We're not perfect. But perfect should be something you should strive to be. And everyone was like, okay, like, what is that family hiding? Besides that the dad is gay. I'm. Uh, who said that? Who said that? Who said that? Wendy Williams said that. She grilled him. She, she asked him like 10 times if he was it's his prerogative if he is or not, but we can't deny the feminist of him. A lot of people were asking, and Wendy Williams did ask, and he said, No, I'm totally heterosexual with my amazing family and life that I have. But apparently, the family was hiding a lot, a lot, because their whole life was a lie. And I mean, their whole life that they built this empire around. Their reality show got put into production in 2013. Remember that. It's just them being posh. The dad was this like real estate agent investor. And I just thought they got their money because the dad was really smart with the old money his parents before him had. And he invested it well. That was the whole lie and life that I believe from them. So when they weren't going to work every day in these shows, I didn't question it. (laughs) I just thought they had money. I didn't care that I was seeing where it came from no questions asked but now i feel fucking lied to in the show he spoiled his kids they had their best clothes phones and lives the daughters would do beauty pageants and the sons would get to not worry about anything just chase girls and maybe one day in the future they'll end up to be affluent assholes who are dangerous to society but that's the story they were trying to tell us about this cheesy perfect you know chaotic go lucky reality tv family but it was all a setup you guys and now the parents of said perfect reality TV family are going to be in jail for 12 years for the dad and seven years for the mom. And let me tell you why. This whole reality TV family scheme was a setup because Todd was not rich before the show started. And I think Todd had a plan. I think he saw the Kardashians and Chris Jenner in 2007. And when he saw Chris Jenner, he said, how can I be that? And how can I have the same fashion sense as Chris Jenner, too? I think he said that. So in 2009 to 2012, when he was not very rich, he came from a poor background, apparently. He was falsifying income forms to be able to take out $30 million of loans from local banks in his and his wife's name to be able to get these mansions and these cars and these clothes and put his kids in all these things so they could have the funds to fund this perfect cookie cutter lifestyle that they wanted to pretend that they had but they had no intention of paying those 30 million dollars of loans back they even paid for the mansion that they filmed the show in with these loans that was never their money and once they had all the once they had the set like todd made his real life a set and he had to get the budget for it so once he had the perfect set to be able to pitch himself to these reality tv networks He did just that, and the cameras started rolling. And for nine seasons of this show, it worked. And people were fooled. People were thinking they were successful. They were the image of what people should strive to be in an American family. Wendy Williams was even on to them. When Todd was a guest on her show, she was like, I I don't really be seeing where this money's coming from. And I I love that you're spending money, and I'm not seeing where it's coming from. (laughs) Like, how do you... How do you, where do you get money? Because that department store is not the business. Like I'm well, trying to figure it what, out. Depends on what corner I worked on. Okay. Um, but- she said, how are you doing, Todd? She really gagged him. He he was stunned during that full interview in saying, God bless Wendy. Oh, She always says everything we all want to say. Someone has to be the bad guy, you know? We need reporters like her. We need reporters like her. So yeah, they use the money to get the show. The show starts, they get super famous. I even watched them growing up thinking they were so funny and quirky and still perfect all at the same time. I just loved watching the Chris Lees. Such a fun dynamic they had. Now I feel like it's just another middle-aged man that has lied to me and broken my heart. But with the show, they got money to make products and brands. They were opening up stores like a juice store. And they were each doing fashions lines and having podcasts and being coming famous on social media. But they would hide all this income on their tax form so they didn't have to pay millions of taxes every year when April came around. So for all these years, they didn't pay all these taxes. That they owed. They were doing like a double crime. They were doubling down on it. making So not only doing the bank fraud to take the loans out. But they weren't paying taxes back. So now they were doing tax evasion. They stuck out like a sore fucking thumb. Like Todd Chrisley to me is this cartoony caricature villain. Like Dr. Evil. He called the banks and he was like. I want 30 million billion sh dollars in loans. And then he put this whole thing into motion. And they would have gotten away with it too. If they weren't just fucking idiots about it. So they got caught and they've been going through trials this whole year. They were sentenced to 12 years and seven years and they're going to prison at the same time, the parents, and they're not going to the same prison. So they will never see each other. It's always interesting when prisons do that, like, damn, they, they just want to twist the knife a bit more. They're not going to let the loved ones see each other. So they're going to different prisons and they're leaving their three kids alone. And now their daughter has custody of the 16-year-old son and the 10-year-old daughter that they have. I have custody of a 16-year-old and a 10-year-old. I've never been away from my family for holidays, so... And the kids are really going to have no parents for seven years. I feel so bad for them. They go from having this just such like a lucky, blessed life that we all watch on TV and now the whole thing is just crumbling and it's like the curtain was pulled. Like not only was their reality show fake then, but their whole life was fake. The reality show was like another layer of fakeness on top of the whole thing. The kids are already fucked up because the son Grayson, the the week, this same week, like this very week, what as the sentences were being given out, he got into a really bad car accident and was injured very badly. And now he's in the hospital, but the parents are being held so they can't even go see him. And like make it better. So he's already facing a problem without his parents, and I feel so bad for him. This is truly the stuff that Lifetime movies are made of. At least they got to live it up for a few years, though, you know. And kind of a fierce, dramatic ending to the whole drama. Like, what an exciting last season of a reality show! What the way they they sh- I hope they're filming this. I hope that'd be so funny if like the last season is like them like Todd in the confessional like. Yeah, I I got caught for tax fraud. This whole thing was a lie, but y'all enjoyed the show while it lasted, right? We gave you the fantasy, huh? It's kind of giving Joe Exotic level crazy, when you look at it from the outside, just in like a different format, but very Joe Exotic, Tiger King, and we never knew. Oh my God, they should hang out in prison. Todd, Chrisley, and Joe Exotic. Ah, oh, I know they'd have fun together. Oh God, I would love it. The drama. Todd would live for the drama, honey. So anyway, what can we learn from this? First, pay your taxes. Obviously, I know it sucks, but everyone has to do it. So it's not a real loss to you. That's how I think about it. Like everyone's paying the same amount. So it's not like I'm being pushed down on the scale of wealth. And anyway, we're we're all forking it over, especially people who owe money at the end of the year. If you get back money, like obviously you want to do your taxes. So you get some money back, but... The other lesson I think is when people go out of their way to seem perfect and seem too good in every sense of the word, even to just like let their guard down to speak to you or partake in anything that seems beneath them, don't believe them. Don't let that kind of person fool you. Don't let them get to you. Don't you dare compare yourselves to them because that's what they want you to do to feel better about themselves and i know a few people like that who just try to act so primed and proper on the outside and then after a few years and by I realize, oh my god they're so fucked up they're not as perfect as they're trying to display and it's almost like the most the people have the most to hide are the people putting on the most of a show i just don't fuck with anyone who seems like they're trying a little too hard to put up that image so what i'm trying to say is that no one is perfect and except me you little host of cheap Press, 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 Cardi don't need more press Kill them all, put them hoes to rest Walking in bulletproof vest Please tell me who she gon' check Murder scene, Cardi made a mess Papa, guess who, bitch? Papa, guess who, bitch? Papa, guess who, bitch? Papa, guess who, bitch? Okay. So now we have something very sad to talk about. You guys all know what happened in Colorado Springs last week with the active shooter going in and in 60 seconds, mowing down 25 people shooting them with an AR-15, killing five of them. It was an absolute hate crime. Most of it was incited by the hate campaign going on against lgbtq plus people in the media by the right-wing conservatives right now undeniably i hold all of them responsible but there's some shocking details that came out about the killer's family and when you guys hear how the dad of this murderer reacted to his son being a mass shooter you're gonna freak out so first his so this shooter's name his name is um Anderson Lee Aldrich, remember that name and hate it forever. His father was a mixed martial arts fighter and a porn star who spent time in federal prison for illegally importing marijuana and domestic battery. He's a drug addict. I'm not docking him for being a porn star. I'm jogging him for the uh, the battery part, obviously, and the any affiliations with importing marijuana. He is a criminal as well. We'll come back to the insane dad. This shooter's mom has been charged with many crimes as well, receiving three years of probation for convictions of public intoxication and falsely reporting a crime to the police. But do you know what the crime was? The crime was that she tied herself up in her own bed with duct tape on her hands and feet, called the police, and said that a man did it to her and put a string around her neck as if she was getting choked and put a knife on the bed as if someone was coming back to kill her. So she called the police over there, and then when they got there, she admitted that she was just under the influence of narcotics and fabricated the incident because she was lonely and wanted attention. Interesting. The son definitely has a similar pattern of behavior when he threatened publicly to bomb his own house, and the LAPD came to his house. I wonder if he loved that attention. I hope he loved the attention of the drag queen's heel going into his neck and getting beat the shit out of on the floor. I hope he loved that attention. His mother also set fire to a hospital room. It didn't burn down completely because they stopped it in time, but she set fire to it with matches when she was staying there one time and then lied about it to security when they asked her, even though there were literally videos of her starting the room on fire and then she was charged with arson. So this shooter apparently did not like either of his parents, had a very terrible set of role models here so he changed his name from what he was born with he was born with his dad's last name which is like Blick or something but he changed it to Aldrich and changed his first name as well now that's very interesting right it's almost like something someone does when they want to change their identity so we obviously know this is a hate crime as he did this to a gay club that was the target that was the plan that was everything we know that But it has now been since suspected and brought to a lot of news outlets attention that this shooter, who was a 24 year old male, was non-binary and used they them pronouns. And it's suspected that he wanted to come out as LGBT, but felt like he couldn't because of his parents and the whole lifestyle that he was raised in. His dad said that they were Mormon and very strict conservative, so they didn't do the whole gay thing. The shooter was apparently bullied. Not that I'm saying that's an excuse at all. He probably deserved it, but I'm saying this guy was bullied, and there was a video of him on YouTube with the title Asian Homosexual that was put up by other members of his community, and the church he went to would openly condemn gay people and say they're going to hell and hate them, and he was a member there. So this man was filled with a lot of hate against gay people his whole entire life, and horrible role models for what he could potentially turn into and the crimes he could commit because of the crimes he's seen his parents commit so while i'm mostly blaming him still it's still 100 his fault the parents and anyone who adds hate to the lgbt conversation is the people who indirectly supported him and loaded the gun and that might seem dramatic to say but when you hear what his dad is about to say to finding out his son just killed five people, took their lives; they will never live again. When they were finally living them true selves, being the proud, amazing, perfect LGBTQ people that they are, he killed them. This was his dad's response. There was a shooting involving you know, multiple people, right. And then I go, on, they were on to find it's a gay bar. Yeah, right. And, and, and I was okay. like, oh my god, is he gay? As a sheriff. oh my god, is he gay? and he's not gay so it's just it's, it's, well you guys have had conversations about that you you were oh well, yeah so you, I you, you, was you adamant yeah you were adamant that gay is I gay bad I'm, I'm yeah. a Mormon I'm a conservative Republican and we don't do gay, don't do yeah. gay. we yeah. don't do gay yeah I can't get answers from the attorneys really but they're saying that somebody's you know, it's involved in a gay bar or some shit I don't know um, I don't know what the heck you did to have gay bar um i don't know well he's accused of going on a mass shooting at a gay bar and killing five people colorado's okay well well that's, that's i saw shit excuse doing that. But I, i'm not gay <laughs> yeah that is the kind of sociopathic behavior that the only response you can have is what the fuck that was his response oh well thank god he's not gay i thought he was gay. into the whole gay thing As if he thinks he did something right as a parent because he didn't turn out gay. He just turned out a murderer. There's some people in the world that you just wonder what goes on in their head? How can they live a life that hateful? They hate it so much that they would be so blinded by this blind hate for a group in the first place that they would say something like that. It's unsettling the fact that we live in a world with people like that. I never want to come across someone like that. I hope I don't know someone who's secretly like that and it just could break me down to tears knowing that people walk around like that every single day and think things that whole family especially the sun is an example of the most just the worst humans on the planet the scum of the earth the worst seeds planted by the devil on earth so hateful that they lead lives like that and do shit like that so what can we learn from this? Hate leads to more hate. Anger leads to more anger. It's of course the shooters fall completely, but hate can consume people and turn them into people who they may otherwise have not become. And the people who spread it in this, in this situation, his parents spread it, the church spread it, the politicians and commentators who are on an anti LGBTQ tirade. They all loaded his gun and, do not be one of those people do not feed into it he's in custody now and will await trial and i hope he gets the worst most painful sentence a human being can possibly receive did y'all see what the kardashians did for thanksgiving because i'm literally sick of them they have a flaunting with money kink they want to shove their richness in our face every single opportunity they can possibly have first of all you already know the feast they had laid out on that table immaculate they killed not just a turkey they killed a whole motherfucking farm they had one of their employees go there just slice and dice the whole thing they had the most Opulent looking sides, the most delicious, garnished with liquidated money on top. Like it was just so rich, first of all, and then just for some decor while they ate, just for some literal decorations to hang on the wall while they enjoyed their awesome dinner and soak up each other's billionaireness. They had someone. Paint photos of them, each of them individually, all the kids, all the boyfriends who may or may not be cheating and aren't officially in the family yet. All the sisters, grandparents, cousins, whatever, all these photos, each of them looking like a medieval princess or prince, emperor with the extravagant flowy dresses and wigs and outfits on. It's almost like if they went to medieval times. North put it on her story, no, sorry, her TikTok. And I was just thinking, why do they need painting on themselves looking like Marie Antoinette for a fucking Thanksgiving dinner? And they have a party like that every week with the most stupid props. And by stupid, I mean amazing. The most stupid props, the most stupid setup, the most stupid amount of fucking balloons polluting the whole ocean with that single-use plastic. Who plans this shit? I know Chris Jenner doesn't have time to do that. She loves a good party. She loves a good vodka at 3 p.m., but she does not have time for this. Who, like, that must be a really high paying job planning the Kardashians' parties. And it's like, if you don't do good enough when they walk in that day, you're getting your head chopped off. That's probably what happens. That would go along with their whole medieval family shtick now with the paintings that they got of themselves. Anyway, go check it out on the Kim and North TikTok. My Thanksgiving was pretty chill. I went to my mom's and it was just me and my siblings and my mom. My mom made amazing food. I'm not too big of a ham or turkey eater. Actually, my least favorite food of all time is ham. I eat it and I throw up. I have a vivid memory of me as a child. My parents just trying to get me to eat it. It was one of those things where they're like, how old are you? And I'm like five. And they say, okay, you have to take five bites of ham. And by the third bite, I was throwing up on the dinner table. Something about the smell of it. I just cannot get by. It's just like eating a carcass. Can't deal with ham. So I had none of that. But anyway, the stuffing, mashed potatoes, vegetables. There was a nice sweet potato, apple casserole thing. I fucked that shit up. I fucked it up. You best believe I fucked the pumpkin pie up. It was a great night. Shout out to my mother for making the meals. The conversation was good. There was no distant relatives there to throw a nice little curveball at us with their opposing views or lack of respect for one of the family members who they throw an extremely uncomfortable question at i wasn't asked if i have a boyfriend or why i'm gay or how much money i'm making so that's nice anyway dm me let me know what you did let me know what your favorite food was i want to know i want to talk to you anyway let's let's talk about motherfucking kanye bestie remember when i used to be like i guys i tried to support kanye i really do because people think i'm the biggest kanye hater and back in the day i hated the title of kanye hater because his fans the yay army is not to be fucked with the yay army that's such a scary term to say because what if he turns his army into like the nazi army you know what i'm saying but anyway the yay army they would come for me real hard wanting to cancel me for not supporting him So I would go out of my way to try to throw in a compliment every now and then. But now I should have just embraced the whole Kanye hater (laughs) title the whole time. Here I was trying to rid myself of the title. I should have just embraced it. So yeah, Kanye, we thought we'd seen the worst of what he did to Kim. He harassed her online maliciously, spread lies about her, said that she kidnapped her own daughter to her birthday party as if it's not her own daughter on her own birthday party. Like, the fuck? You're going to bring me a birthday gift to my birthday at my birthday party, bitch. He cut off her ex-boyfriend's head in a music video. We remember. But that was not the worst of all, because now that his ex-employees at Adidas have no reason to be scared of him anymore, nothing to lose, they have exposed the fuck out of him. So let me just read you this. On Tuesday night, several former high-ranking employees for Yeezy sent a scathing letter to the executive board members and newly installed CEO of Adidas, urging them to address the toxic and chaotic environment that Kanye West created, and a very sick pattern of predacious behavior towards women who worked under West as a part of the Yeezy Adidas partnership. The letter, a copy of which was obtained exclusively by Rolling Stone, says he has, in years past, ex exploded at women in the room with offensive remarks and would resort to sexually disturbing references when providing design feedback. And that that type of response from a brand partner is the one that Adidas employees should never be subjected to, nor should Adidas leadership ever tolerate again. I just know Kanye's going to fall so hard. He thinks He's just taking a little humble dip right now. No, sir. I think it's going to exponentially plummet for you now that no one feels scared anymore. It's now the mob mentality of fuck him. We don't care anymore. We're not going to give our time of day. Unfortunately, he didn't to himself. So anyway, they exposed some stuff he did to Kim Kardashian in the workplace His former co-worker said that he showed an intimate photograph of Kim Kardashian in his job interviews when people were first being brought on the team. He would show these to anyone and said that he showed an explicit video and photos of Kim Kardashian as well as his own sex tape that he had from years ago to Yeezy team members. He just showed it to them. First of all, how is Kim supposed to feel? Kim has had a literal sex tape leak and in the whole episode of the Kardashians, when she was scared it was going to leak again kanye flies all over the world to get the computer from ray j so none of the content that hasn't been leaked before gets out he's super he's superman back then but now we find out he's been showing kim's punani and ass to people who he's just been working with for fun how the fuck is that supposed to make kim feel can't she sue him for that like revenge porn or something it's just fucked up so On instances, he would turn to people and say, oh, this is what my wife just sent me. Look, blah, 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 blah. And on his phone, there was intimate photos of Kim. And someone said that it was very revealing and personal. And they were so shocked, they just didn't react because they don't know what to do. And even at business meetings, he would talk about his photos of Kim for hours, even after the meeting, how much he was inspired by her sexy body and how all he thinks about is how he needs to get his shoes done and Kim's ass, which I guess could be romantic thinking about your job and your ass. Like, I would love if someone said that to me, but not in this perverted, I'm going to explode, expose you to all these people without your consent. That is so fucked up. He would, sh- they- he would show people videos of Kim not get her consent or the p- people that he's showing and multiple people he used to work with said these things. That's so disrespectful. That's the mother of your kids. He says, oh, I want Kim back. Kim, run right back to me. Uh, I'm not running back to you if you're going to do that, bruh. Nah. What the fuck you think this is? I'm going to run right back to you Well, you've been running around showing people my ass like a 12-year-old when they get a cute photo from a girl they just show all their friends. It's just weird behavior. And I believe these coworkers, why would they have anything to lie about now? Connie's already down in the dumps. They're not getting... Money by telling this to Rolling Stones, a lot of them stayed anonymous, so I believe them. They're just not scared of him anymore. Apparently, this was a reoccurring thing where he would disrespect women in this kind of manner. The article said in Rolling Stones, it was a long ass article. I'm summarizing here just for the workplace stuff. There was some other shit, but it was very long. But this is like the most juicy part. Apparently, a lot of women who were in his spaces when he worked there felt really intimidated and bullied. And someone said it felt really reminiscent of an emotional abuser in many different instances. So, Kanye in the past used intimidation tactics with members of his staff. It's like, especially women, he would just overly sexualize them and speak down to them a lot, playing mind games. After one disagreement with a woman co worker, he made one of the women sit on the floor, a woman of color, sit on the floor because she stood up to him and didn't agree with him creatively. So she had to not have a chair at the meeting because Connie said that, quote, you do not deserve to sit at the table. And so the whole time she just has to, what, sit on the floor and take that shit because she's getting this huge check from working on these businesses and she doesn't want to stand up to the man in charge. So he's going to talk down to her like that. Like, I'm not saying it's embarrassing she did that because I would do it too for a check. It's just, I know he wouldn't do that to a man. You know? Because that's just how Kanye West rolls. He wouldn't want senior business managers in the room while he was going over stuff because he always wanted to be the person with the most power in each room. And he would threaten people's roles and existence within the teams if they didn't go with his control because he just wanted... Absolute control. According to one staffer with knowledge of the situation, he would frequently scold one specific female employee uh, about her appearance. They said, quote, he was just obsessed with power and all the power and money to make someone cut their hair. He would bully her about her hair, make them want to lose weight. He would always say to the same person things like, Quote, You fat slut. And we know some of the crazy shit Kanye has said. I don't even need to quote the crazy shit. He said, You know the weird out-of-pocket things he will spew from his mouth with his chest so i could really see him saying that um a senior employee recalls sitting in a room with a female adidas recruiter who was holding back tears while connie was yelling at her so loudly on the other end of the phone that the people in the room could hear him through her phone and when the recruiter hung up he would just call her back to yell at her again he said oh yeah and one more thing she then took a leave of absence before moving on to a job elsewhere good for her that makes me shudder that makes me so scared of him the power that this man wants the narcissist narrative used to be funny with kanye when he would just be like i'm kanye west i'm a genius ha, ha ha but now it's like not a joke anymore he's really exposing how much power he wants and how he would use said power and the fact that we're stopping him from having more like he wants to be the president not because he gives up You know, he doesn't have passion for being the president. He doesn't have passion for politics. I think we can all see that. He just probably saw Trump as an ex-reality star and thinks that he can then fill the same role and he can get his rocks off by having even more power. So let this just be a warning sign. Holy shit. Um, Apparently he would always, this is really disturbing, trigger warning, um, that at the place of work, he would always talk about his corn addiction corn with a p though but i'm just gonna say corn so a former yeezy and adidas staffer and creative collaborator with kanye said that he would play pornography to the yeezy staff in meetings and he would discuss corn all the time with them very openly at work and he would try to tie in this addiction to corn with his work because he would say that he wanted to make shoes so amazing and aesthetically pleasing that it made him feel the same way that he felt when he would look at corn. Someone said, quote, he had pulled up milf corn and was like, you see this feeling? This is the feeling you get when you watch this. This is what I want people to feel when they put on our shoes. So they were like, oh my God, is this really happening? He couldn't use any other way to describe this except pulling up corn? Question mark Exactly, exactly. And he probably did think it was genius and he probably was being a victim to his addiction there. Even pulling it up, at work. And it's so weird because they would even say that he would just have it playing in the background sometimes. Uh a, someone in this article said he would be in a meeting and he'd be talking to you and then he would just rattle off onto his laptop randomly and just be like, "Cool, I know it's uncomfortable, but I kind of need this in the background to keep me focused." And he had porn in the background. Sorry, corn in the background to keep him focused. And the other people in the room would just be like, "Uh, oh, oh okay." The former senior employee claims to have seen Kanye play corn videos at meetings at least five times. The way this man was committing like a full like sexual assault at work every single day. Is that not is I'm assuming it's illegal to watch in public or at work or by anyone who does not want to watch it. But yet he knew the grip he had on these people with the power through the money that he was making them and that's just Kanye being Kanye and trying to spin the narrative like he's this genius, and we're gonna take these videos and use it to make our work better. He's clearly doing something of fault. like that is a really bad thing you should not do. But using his narcissist system to try to spin it into a good thing, as if it's something actually productive, and it's just it's just insane the levels of min- like manipulation and just scare tactics in and- it just like God complex that he has, that he can do something like that and be okay with it. He would say, if I ever got stuck creatively, I would just watch corn for 10 minutes. He would try to normalize that shit. Unhealthy as fuck. Then one of his ex coworkers said, now seeing it within a larger pattern, I feel like it was a tactic to break a person down and establish their unwavering allegiance to him, testing and destroying a person's boundaries. Remember how they said he would do it in interviews It's like this weird kind of initiation test that says, yeah, I'm going to do something this crazy in front of you. And I need to know that you are going to be so hardcore for me and ride for me at this work that you're going to let me get away with shit like this because this is what you have to do. And it puts someone in their place immediately and just makes the power imbalance and the abuse of power so clear and obvious that you just know he was not only getting off on the corn, he was getting off on, what it meant to show these people it and have them wrapped around his finger like that. And it's just so evil and scary and almost cult-like. One of the staffers actually said that after she left the company, she had to try cult deprogramming with her therapist once she stopped working with him. That's when you know. That is when you fucking know. If someone has to bring that up to their therapist, cult deprogramming? I didn't even know that was a thing. But I mean, it sounds like a lovely thing that... I, I, pff, I know a, a, lot, a lot of people who believe in a certain something should probably do, but that's crazy. Insane. Someone had to do that because of him? Oh my god. Adidas kind of wanted to take some responsibility for themselves and said that as much as they would all love to solely blame Kanye, the undeniable truth is that the Adidas executive team and board have been huge enablers. That definitely makes sense. Of course, it's mainly Kanye's fault, but the other big powerful men that Kanye would shoot the shit with all day and think of as his peers should have said something earlier, but they were blinded by the money. They were seeing green. They weren't seeing what Kanye was doing. And that's why Kanye was so confident when he said, I could say anti-Semitic shit and Adidas won't drop me because he knows he's already done so many, just fucked up things to them before they might not drop him because that's not that much crazier insane um anyway now an open letter by the prominent former member of yeezy insists that the leaders from adidas of, were aware of his problematic behavior the whole time but turned off their moral compass for the money i'm glad that they admitted it i'm glad that they fucking admitted it that money is the problem for this it's the root of all evil and that's why he got away with this shit um other former yeezy and adidas staffers regret accepting what they agreed was an unwritten rule for the adidas management was that quote kanye is just kanye And you basically have to follow him blindly because that is what the company is. And they said they underestimated what they once viewed as relatively harmless comments as something way more evil. Nonetheless, it seems very obvious that they're all happy that he's gone. And thank God we thought the Ellen workplace was bad. Holy shit. Damn. I think it's for the best that Connie's being taken down. (laughs) Needless to say, yes, we've had some great moments with Kanye he's he's done some good things but after hearing all of this shit on top of the Jewish shit like thank god like no one can not 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 even the Kanye fans could look past this or think it's cool and if you are you're lying to yourself I'm sorry he would need to change a lot a lot a lot a lot a lot to be able to be welcomed back at all someone who stuck with him for life though Kim literally Kim maybe they can talk less like when they're older older but Oh, girl, they, they got some young children and she's just going to have to deal with this. Oh, my God, poor Kim. Like, how did she react when she heard he was doing that? Oh, my God. Well, as as um, I'm all going to say is there was definitely a lot of positives for her to be with him that we know of, but also a lot of negatives. And she'll deal with the positives forever, but also the negatives forever. But for the sake of her, I hope he changes very soon and realizes that ever treating employees like that ever treating a whole group of people like that will get him nowhere and mental health is not an excuse to be that extreme and that abusive so what can we learn from this i think for our own lives from this situation we can learn that at work or any situation that you are part of a team you do not have to take the bullying or harassment by anyone for any reason if they are the leader if they are a coworker, if they sign your motherfucking check at the end of the week, you don't need to take that or really anywhere in life. Because yes, I feel like since it has something to do with money and the livelihood, people would suck it up maybe and continue and let it fly under the rug. But just know, you not taking that shit and leaving them, anyone who may be abusing their power with you at work is them losing their power because now they have nothing to hold over your head and you can expose them. You can help other people who may consider working with them make the decision not to. You can make the people, the person who was abusing you, realize that they should change once you leave because you can say whatever you want to them. And I guarantee you, you will get another job and you will make money and be fine. You do not have to live a life where you're dealing with that shit. For however many years Kanye worked with Yeezy, not even for that many years. All right, well, thank you for joining me on Pop Culture University today. I'm going to go continue watching White Lotus because it is so good, season two. And there's some sexy ass men on that show. Are you kidding me? The Kardashian season two just ended. So now I feel like I have like nothing else to watch. I'm always struggling with finding new TV shows to watch. I ate so much at my Thanksgiving, but I truly do not regret it at all. My mom, she got to take home leftovers from some massive work event where they catered Almost $500 of Chipotle. So when I tell you there was like a bucket of guac at this event, there was a bucket of guac. I ate an ungodly amount of avocados that day. Now that it's so cold outside, I feel like the only thing I do is my job and then entertain myself with media and just eat and like work out, I guess. But I I just do not leave my house. So I need to like stock up on shows to watch. So I can hibernate efficiently this year. Can you believe it's November and it already felt like it was three degrees in Chicago last weekend when I went out? That's the kind of cold that you just walk outside and feel like you're getting stabbed a million times. Death by a thousand cuts. It's so insanely painful. I would have rather just go numb and get frostbite than feel that immense pain when I step outside. If any of you guys are winter people, how? please let me know how name three things that are good about the winter quickly i cannot deal with it sometimes i'm like why did my family choose to live in illinois why was i not planted somewhere else oh my god do you guys remember when i was talking about my policeman the movie with harry styles i made a tiktok reviewing the sex scene the gay sex scene that harry had i, I was talking about my podcast too i didn't even say it was that good like, I did not even say the sex scene was that amazing. And the people who work at My Policeman or whoever, they did, they sent me an email and they were like, we loved your video discussing My Policeman. And they're sending me a free poster and a book. And they're, they're, they're like, do you, do, do you want a poster? It they, they they seemed like off-put by my response. They were like, hey, like, we appreciate you making the video. Would, would you want a poster? And I was like, sure, like, why not? I'll finally be like all the one direction girls who have a poster of harry in their room of course mine is for something totally different like a gay movie but i mean one direction was pretty gay like let's be honest all the larry believers out there one direction was pretty gay so yeah that's what's going on with me right now nothing too interesting but yeah i hope you guys have an amazing weekend hopefully it's a long weekend for all of you you have an amazing time with your family get out do something fun take ample opportunity to relax and eat whatever you want drink whatever Ever you want this weekend you deserve it bestie treat yourself or i will have to treat you for you okay so just treat yourself so i don't have to the fuck you deserve it and yeah I will see you guys on tuesday okay bye thank you for listening to believe